Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk to Be Well on the Future of Health. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, bringing you a real conversation on teen mental health from the people that know best. Joining me today from Work to Be Well Student Advisory Council are Billy, Kelly, and Maraca. Our discussion topic today is about something we interact with every day, digital wellness. Remember, everyone, if you have questions for us, we can be found at Wellbeing Trust on Twitter and Facebook, and our Student Advisory Council is on Instagram at work to be well. That's work, the number two, be well. Before we start, I want you to know that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. We'll be discussing topics that might be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen at 893-863. Again, that's teen, the number two, teen. Okay, let's get started by welcoming our panelists to the show. Thank you for joining us. Maraca, why don't you start out and tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you see, you know, you're a digital native. What about the digital space is really positive for you? Um, hello, I'm Maraca. I'm a senior in high school and I'm passionate about mental illness um, because I've experienced it and I've also witnessed other people experiencing it and not having the right resources to handle it. Um, but to answer your question, um, I would say that, you know, there is definitely a huge influence on the youth today by social media and, um, I do think there are a lot of positives that come from it. I think it's usually seen in a negative light, but I think it's often overlooked, like the power the power of communication that social media gives us, community, connection, and like the spreading of information. Um, so yeah. My name is Kelly and I'm a junior in high school. And I wanted to talk on this podcast today because I'm genuinely interested in what people think about social media and the internet. I know that I use social media every single day and I know that there are positives to that and I also know that there are negatives and so I just really wanted to talk about how these two different things interact with each other and how it's impacted the way teens go about their lives. Hi, I'm Billy. I'm a senior in high school and I wanted to talk on this subject because I've used social media a lot um, in the past to help find different people or groups with similar interests or that have similar struggles. Like I've found LGBT support groups. I've found eating disorder support groups, depression support groups. There's a lot of support on social media that I've found and I don't like that there's this stigma towards it that it's bad for children that it is causing um children to be more isolated or more depressed well you know both you and billy you and maraca have brought up a really good point about the connection and the and kind of the misnomer around uh mental health issues and social media and the fact that that many people do believe that maybe even social media causes mental health conditions. I, I want to read you a quote from a recent article that just came out in the chi- in the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry that, that says, quote, digital technologies are here to stay and they have become pervasive in the lives and the relationships of young people. 
practically, it's critical to know whether recent fears about adolescents' digital technology use are justified as professional organizations release guidelines for parents, educators, and institutions based on incomplete and often contradictory findings. And they really close with this idea about, with respect to mental health, what is most needed is a focus on how to reach young people when they're in crisis and when support is really needed most. Have you found in your in your conversations with people and maybe even in your own journeys that social media is a place of support for mental health? I think that as mental health is becoming or as the stigma behind mental health is kind of lowering a little bit as we're talking about it more, there is a lot more information about mental health and support for mental health on social media. Um, so in that sense, I would say that, yes, there is a lot of support, but it really depends on how you're using social media and the accounts that you're following, because that kind of is what separates having a negative experience on social media and having a positive experience on social media. I forgot to mention this in my introduction, but I think one of the best things on social media that I've personally experienced is working on a teen-to-teen crisis and support line. And on this line, we talk to other peers, and I'd say that about 95% of the contacts that do reach out to us found the Oregon Youth Line on the internet or on social media. And we talk to teens about topics ranging from relationships and family issues and suicide and self-harm. And a lot of the time people find that talking about these problems that are happening in their lives really help them get through it. And that's just one of the many examples of social media and the internet helping improve people's lives. Shout out to Teen to Teen. I graffitied um, y'all's text phone number on the bathroom wall with um, just a little thing that says, if you need help. Um, That makes me very happy. (laughs) I have found a lot of um, support for mental health challenges. It is also tricky because um, everyone is using social media. So if you're putting one thing out there, it's out there for everyone to see. So while you can open yourself up to support, you also have to be careful because um, there have been times when social media hasn't been good for my mental health and I've been um, attacked by people and it was just not a fun time. Well, you bring up a really good point about being attacked by people. Big, one of the biggest fears people have about social media has to do with online bullying. And is online bullying really a thing or are we beyond that? Online bullying is definitely still prevalent. I'd say it's even more so prevalent nowadays than it was before um, because you can be anyone you want online. Like, sure, you could present as yourself, but you also could just make another profile and present as someone else. You have the security blanket of anonymity that takes away any consequence of your actions. And um, my high school this year um, actually had a lot of issues with homophobia and transphobia. And um, while there was a lot of the bullying happening 
in person and my car vandalized um a lot more of the bullying was actually happening online and um a lot of my friends who were part of the gsa and um like running these online pages were getting attacks um some were getting death threats by email um there were people making multiple accounts just to comment hate comments on all their posts there were people making like whole pages dedicated to going against their views um i also want to mention like as far as bullying on social media um like the prevalence of hate happening in like comment sections i think that like there is definitely still a thing of like social bullying and online harassment i think it has evolved a little bit though as like yeah it's a lot easier now i think to have like an anonymous profile and it's a lot more common so it makes it so that people aren't afraid to you know spew hate in the comment sections and spread hateful messages yeah i definitely agree and on social media it's really hard because you don't get that face-to-face contact with people that you can get in real life i think that the majority of mean things that people say on social media if they were actually looking at that person in real life they wouldn't be able to say these things because humans just naturally can pick up on these responses in other people and like you just don't naturally want to create this negative response in someone else but then when you're online you aren't able to see that negative response in someone else and so it just makes it easier for people to spread these hateful messages so I really want to pick up on this topic that we're talking about with online bullying because I think it's one of the most important things we're going to talk today about but we need to take a really quick break we'll be right back with talk to be well some days you're the only thing i know only thing that's burning when the nights grow cold can't look away can't look away beg you to stay beg you to stay yeah sometimes you're a stranger in my bed don't know if you love me or you want me dead push me away push me away then beg me to stay beg me to stay yeah kill me in the morning to apologize every little lie gives me butterflies something the way looking through my eyes don't know if i'm gonna make it out alive fight so dirty but your love so sweet talk so pretty but your thing in my life sometimes when i look at you i see my wife and you turn into somebody i don't know and you push me away push me away yeah kill me in the morning to apologize every little lie gives me butterflies something the way looking through my eyes don't know if i'm gonna make it out alive fight so dirty but your love so sweet 
love so sweet Talk so pretty but your heart got tea Late night devil put your hands on me Talk to be well in the future of health. We're talking about online bullying with our panelists today. And we were starting to talk about some of the experiences you all have had and you've seen with online bullying and, and what that really looks like. Is it just hateful comments or are there other things that happen in this space? One thing that I have noticed um, that happens pretty frequently is the leaking of intimate photos of other people um, as a way to harm the image of somebody um <clears throat> it's very it's a very destructive way of online bullying in my opinion um it's a complete violation and i've heard stories of people switching schools and having their lives completely altered by this form of online harassment you know kelly you work on a teen crisis line do people ever call in with issues related to online bullying and when they do what do you do that's a really good question. And we actually do get quite a few contacts about bullying, not just online, but at school and in their homes. And I think, well, one of the most important things that we try to emphasize is whoever's contact contacting us. We try to emphasize their safety and their well-being first. So we try to make sure that they are safe in these situations because sometimes they can actually become really dangerous. And so once we establish whether or not they're safe, we try to move on to validating how they're feeling and helping them remember that what they're going through is important and what they're going through does matter. So on the Oregon Youth Line, we try to emphasize who this person's support systems are. And a lot of the times people can find supports in their friendships or clubs that they're joining or certain trusted adults in their lives. And so we can also talk a little bit about how people find these communities. Yeah, um, well, my GSA um, at my school, originally uh, I was actually there the year um, that the GSA was created. It was um, my class year that got that sort of started. And um, now our GSA has an Instagram page and they've been reaching out to other GSAs at different schools and just trying to get a whole GSA sort of network connected so that we can get more um, word out about us and help support more people. 
Well, you know, I'm reading on the website here from our friends at Hashtag I Can Help, who really are some of the leading voices in the country on how to deal with online bullying. And they've got some startling facts. 92% of teens are online every day. And 39% of teens have received some form of online harassment within the last year. 48% of teens don't go to their parents for help with those problems. And 40% of teens will actually go to their friends. So if you're not going to your parents, but you are going to your friends, when you're being bullied, what do your friends say? How do they help you? On online communities, although it's shown me some of the really negative things that people can say, it's also shown me how there are a lot of allies out there and there are a lot of people who are willing to stand up for people who are getting targeted. And that's been something that I think is really positive. I think that one of the most important things you can offer someone experiencing online harassment is just support and like communication with them about it. Because I think that, you know, talking about it and having someone there for you can make all the difference sometimes. But it is also important to, I think, tell an adult as hard as that can be sometimes um, because it's important to, you know, stop this from happening and prevent it. And that's one of the ways that we can all work together to do that. You know, one of the things that I've heard is this approach where when somebody starts to bully someone online, their friends come together and they flood the post with positive messaging, not only for their friend, but for the bully. Have you ever seen that happen? And, and do you think it works? Uh, I have seen that happen. And yes, it does work um, because love will always overshadow hate. And if you tell people like, hey, this person's being bullied, can we go flood their comment section with love? Obviously, everyone's going to do that, and I can't imagine that there'd be, well, actually, there would be enough hate for some people, but um, I can't imagine that for a good person, like a, your average person, there is not enough hate towards them to overshadow the love. So when we look at, at that idea of positivity online, what are some things that you do in the way that you post on social media to promote positivity and to promote what, what I like to call digital wellness and how we show up online in a healthy way? What are some things you do? Are there go-to memes? Are there, what, what are some things you do? I think that one of the things that I try to do on social media is posting about what my life is really like and not so much of what only the good parts and what I want people to see because I think that this idea that we can only post the best parts of our lives perpetuates a standard and pretty negative comparison um, among social media. So I definitely try to post the real parts of my life um, in hopes to influence other people to do the same. I also, um, there's kind of an age in, of reposting today um, of like motivational things and um like workshops and stuff. So I try to sp spread um, as much as that as I can on social media. I agree with Maraca's point. I love it when people do be real <laughs> on social media, especially when it's people that we look up to, like influencers or celebrities. When they share those really vulnerable stories and parts of their lives, it definitely makes them more relatable and it makes me feel less alone in whatever I'm going through. And one way I try to take care of myself on social media is 
unfollowing accounts that make me feel bad I think that that's pretty simple action that anyone can do but it can go a long way yeah I um again yeah I agree that I try to keep it real on social media I don't know I just post about what actually goes on in my life like I posted about moving I posted about treatment and now I'm posting about doing podcasts so I just do always try to keep it as authentic and genuine as I can and just be me online and I also like you mentioned with the age of reposting um I tend to repost things that I'm passionate about, uh, issues that I care about and that I and that I feel like need to be talked about more. Well, these are really really good ideas and when we come back, I want to come back to the conversation about celebrity influencers and how the use of celebrities in social media has been such a powerful factor in the mental health conversation. So we'll be right back and stay tuned for Talk to Be Well. If I'm moving too far, can we just talk? 
we're back with Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, with a reminder that if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text TEEN to TEEN to 839-863. Again, that's TEEN, the number two, TEEN. Now let's get back to our conversation about digital wellness. We were talking before the break about the the celebrity influencer movement, and I know our partners at the Wellbeing Trust have been big promoters about celebrities who are willing to talk about their mental health struggles, their emotional well-being. Do you ever look to celebrity influencers as a place for inspiration? I mean, does that stuff really work? I 100% have looked to celebrities who I um, look up to um, (laughs) for, like, inspiration and there is a big movement of like people who have a lot of influence on social media using that platform to speak out on, um, you know, how social media can influence mental health, mental um, health. And there is a big inflow of social media influencers using their platform to spread awareness on mental health and um, promote all kinds of positivity, which I think is you wouldn't expect from a celebrity sometimes because you see their life is so glamorous. So when you see that their life isn't all perfect all the time, it definitely has a sort of impact um, when you're struggling. Yeah, celebrities are um, often like glorified to be, oh, this is what you should be a this is like the ideal life this is living the good life and i think it has a really important impact when you show that even the good life has its struggles like these celebrities still they're still human they still have mental health struggles and it not only um helps humanize the celebrities but also brings more relatability to mental health and considering um considering the target audience of the celebrities they could also be pushing to educate a demographic of people that maybe haven't been educated on mental health as much yeah i totally agree and i i feel like when someone you look up to um does something that maybe you were scared to do yourself. Um, It definitely has a large impact, which makes sense because the celebrity has a large impact. But so, yeah, in that sense, I would definitely um, agree that when celebrities use their platform for this kind of um, positivity, it definitely has an effect. So when you think about celebrities and others who have been out there that you've seen, who, who do you think about? I mean, I know for me, there, there are people that I think about, but who do you think about who've been really, Um, outspoken about their mental health issues. I did see a post today from uh, Billie Eilish, who was talking about her issues struggling with uh, mental health and how she dealt with her own suicidality and self-harm behavior, and she got help. And and I'm wondering, who else comes to mind for you? Um, The first artist that I can think of, or the first one that comes to mind, is Logic, because he came out with a song that's literally the Suicide Prevention Hotline. I remember that. That was such a great song. Who do you think about Maraca? Um, for me, it's I follow more small celebrities or like less well-known celebrities because I found that I had to unfollow some of the larger ones for my own uh, mental health. But for the ones that I did follow, um, 
even if they weren't posting so much like mental health mental health awareness posts Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like their feed and like what they're posting in general that I'm attracted to um so when you mentioned the Billie Eilish um her when her telling her story I think that's so impactful for our generation because she's our age she's 17 and it's so close to home for a lot of us and a lot of people look up to her so I think her sharing her story was one of the greatest things that's really that's really cool I know I was really struck by it I know she's got music that I really enjoy I also found that that there are athletes now also coming out and talking about their mental health struggles uh I, I follow football. I was I watched uh, Marshawn Lynch from the Seattle Seahawks talking to young players and saying, you know, take care of your bodies, take care of your chicken, take care of your mentals, and really being that role model that says, you know, take care of your mental health. It's important. And I think when we have people in our society who are in a place of being able to influence, um, that's a really positive, uh, you know, outcome to be able to highlight that. And I know I've appreciated the post from the Wellbeing Trust. Um, We do have a question that's come in that's kind of tangentially related. Um, Is it possible to be on social media too much or too little? I have definitely experienced um, social media kind of dominating my time. Um, It's so entertaining in in an addicting way that it's easy to spend hours on it. And um, I don't necessarily enjoy that aspect of social media. Um, I find that sometimes it makes me more unproductive. So um, yeah, in that way, I feel that you can definitely be on social media too much. Uh, Yes, I have to agree. Um, I've definitely experienced being on social media too much since reading an Instagram post takes about six seconds, which is just as long as my attention span lasts. Um, And it can, um, I'd say it can become an issue because when you're on social media so often, you can start to get sort of detached from what's actually happening in the world and um it's i don't know you just you need a you need a good balance of um making sure that you're still interacting with people in real life because it it is different when you actually have a proper human connection and can see someone face to face you know, you bring up a good point about that balance between your real online life and your social life. How do you do that? I definitely struggle with that. I find myself deleting um, social media, especially Instagram frequently, and then re-downloading it in the search of that social connection. Um, so it's definitely a struggle, um, I'm sure for a lot of people. But I find balance, honestly, by setting, you can set time lim- limits on phones nowadays. So that really helps me. Um, but it's definitely difficult sometimes for, for me to get off my phone um, and, you know, interact in the real world sometimes. Yeah, that's also um, something that I had started doing. I was saying a timer on my phone that just reminded me every now and then, um, like it locks um certain social media apps um after uh, like if i've been on them for a certain amount of time per day and 
like I can turn it off, but it's still just when it provides that option to maybe look away from social media and take a break and maybe go outside for once. Um, it can be really helpful. Well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that idea of setting a time limit. Uh, it, it, there are some who say that social media can almost be like an addiction and can be that type of, of something that becomes so intrusive in your life that you have what they call FOMO, fear of missing out. Is FOMO a real thing? April just wrote in and wants to know, is FOMO real? For me, FOMO is 100% real. Um, every time that I download Instagram, I find myself like going to the place where it used to be in like my like my muscle memory is trying to like click on it because it's you feel so connected to people through social media like people that I may not see for weeks or months I like know what's going on in their life and there's something comforting about that um so yeah it's definitely a real thing for me but I think that sometimes my physical well-being um is more important than me being on social media all the time I wouldn't, I can't tell if it's a um, real thing for me or if I just have anxiety and need reassurance that people like me. Um, but I definitely do find that whenever I've deleted Instagram, I just always try and click on where it is in that spot. And then when I realize it doesn't open, I get a minor panic attack because I'm trying to think of what could my friends be doing? Are they doing something are they out did they um try to message me on instagram or something so it social media just gives you such a sense of interconnectedness that when you take it away you start to miss that person even though in reality they were never in the same room as you um i also feel like something that i get fomo about um when i delete social media is there's so much information that gets spread on social media. A lot of it's fake, but there is still like some information that, you know, is important and that I want to like stay up to date on things. So I find myself um, missing out on that stuff too when I delete social media. I want to go back to the article recently that came out in the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry where they talk about digital technology use in mental health. And what they've discovered is that Really, when you look at the research, there's a mix of positive, negative, and non-existent relationships between, you know, the digital technology usage and mental health. And when there are, you know, effects, they're actually really, really, really small. And it's really hard to translate that into something meaningful, you know, because really while there's an assumption out there that the digital world impacts your mental health, the reality is it really doesn't. But what we have seen is a huge effect in how the digital world is a space where young people go for support. And I know we talked a little bit earlier about the relationship between mental health and, and digital health. And I'm wondering, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the sites that you go to, but what are other ways you might use your iPhone or your iPad, you know, to help you in the digital space? Are there apps you use? Are there games you play? What do you do that helps you when you're feeling anxious? Yeah, there are lots of apps on the markets right now, luckily, for um, things like anxiety and, you know, that can help with that. I personally have um, a meditation app, which I haven't gotten into as much as I'd like to, but um, when I have, it's been very beneficial. Um, 
and you know breathing techniques and everything but yeah there are lots of apps um nowadays journaling apps too that are really important um so yeah what meditation app do you use it's called headspace so i also have a meditation app it's not headspace but I got one because my therapist made me download it and I haven't used it as much as I probably should have. Um, and that's simply because meditation I found isn't really something that works well for me. I'm a very tactile person. So if I'm having anxiety, I need to be physically doing something to be able to calm myself down. So um Actually, what I have that helps often is this cute paint by numbers app. And it's just um, a big pixelated picture with a bunch of different numbers. And you just paint it. And it's very calming and relaxing. Um, and I also oftentimes listen to music to relax. Or I was about to say drive, but that's not digital. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just there are different apps out there that can be used to help treat anxiety in different ways. So if you don't find one that works for you, there's probably another option out there. So has social media ever helped you find a sense of community in dealing with anxiety? Um, yes, very often it has um, helped me find other people that have struggled with similar issues. Um, like all of my old friends from treatment, we made a group chat on Instagram. I know it's a HIPAA violation, but still fun. And, <laughs> and it is just always, it's comforting to know that there's that support system just always right there in your pocket, ready to talk to you when you need them. Like I have gone to talk to them many times when I've had um, anxiety or um, was just not having a good day or even, even just talking about um, dumb stuff with them just helps make you feel more connected and a better sense of community. So recent studies have shown that the most popular media platforms for youth 13 to 17 are, are Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok. You all have talked a lot about Instagram. Do either, you know, does anybody here use Snapchat or TikTok? Um, I do use Snapchat. I feel like Snapchat is more of a communication device than like a personal sharing app. You can share um, pictures, but they're temporary. Um, so I use Snapchat more for communication purposes. So is Snapchat a different type of, I'm, I'm hearing it's a different type of environment um, and it's got a different use. Do you find that to be a positive space? I do actually, because the um, the images are temporary, it seems like people post more about their lives um, and it's less, you know, perfect and than Instagram is because they're not permanent. So that's nice. Um, yes, I have a Snapchat. Um, and again, I only really use it for communications purposes. I can't really say I've ever been like just searching through the Snapchat quick ad looking for someone to add. Um, it is usually like I already know the friends, so I add them on Snapchat. So yeah, the community, 
I have is good, but that's also because I chose the community that I have there. Um, as far as TikTok, I don't use TikTok. <laughs> well, I know that Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook all have the ability to intervene in online bullying and in hate-filled speech. Have either of you ever used any of those tools to intervene directly with a social media platform, be it a gaming platform or some of those other platforms, and report online bullying or hate speech? Um, I have reported a lot of hate speech comments in the past. Um, many times uh, there isn't follow-up. Sometimes there is. It really just depends on what's said and how much the social media company actually cares about what's being said. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that sometimes um, you don't really know what's going to happen once you report it and like how many reports are required to even do anything about it. Um, usually my process is to just block the person, but um, it would be nice if there was a little more um, receptiveness to hate speech on social media. I think they could do a little bit better. Well, I know our friends at Hashtag I Can Help have a program where if you see hate speech or online bullying or things like that, you can tag Hashtag I Can Help. And they work directly with social media companies to help, you know, really reduce negativity. And they will intervene in uh, some of those negative episodes. I know, Billy, when you were experiencing the uh, negativity that on Instagram with the GSA, Hashtag I Can Help went through and began to tag many of those comments that were hate speech and helped report those to Instagram to get those removed. So that actually really is a tool that you can use today and tomorrow and online. And I would encourage you to go to ICanHelpDeleteNegativity.org online and learn more about Hashtag I Can Help and the tools and opportunities that they have to help promote digital wellness and school positivity. I'm wondering if you would talk about what are some of the negative impacts of social media and and how do you know when you need to get off? For me, um, one of the negative things that I experience on social media is comparison, um, whether that be physical comparison, comparison of where I'm at in life and what I'm doing. Um, I think this goes back to people, you know, posting only the good things about life. So you think that your life is supposed to be like that. And you think that you're supposed to look a certain way and it can get, it can become very toxic. And I think that I know when I need to get off social media because I'm, you know, overly critical of myself because of the things I see. Yeah, I agree that um, a big issue in social media for me has been comparison. Um, in the last podcast, uh, I had mentioned looking at Thinspiration and Fitspo posts on Instagram, and I was always looking at those and comparing myself and my body to those toxic images, and that was really, really detrimental for my mental health. And um, that was around the point when I deleted Instagram for a bit. I think that... Um you know, that it becomes so influential to the point that even like I would start to kind of like change the things I was posting and like change the things that I was presenting to people on social media because I wanted to fit in so badly with that, um, you know, standard on social media. Well, you know, Ken just wrote in on Instagram that his Instagram is stressing him out. 
and he doesn't know what to do. So when your Instagram starts to stress you out, are there other sites you turn to or do you just delete it? Um, it doesn't tend to stress me out too much. Um, then again, I also do have multiple Instagram accounts. So there is like an account I have that's less stressful, but, um, usually I find that when Instagram, um, becomes toxic is when I delete it. I find myself, um, when I discover that social media is becoming too intrusive in my life, um, but I still want that, you know, feeling of being on social media, I usually go to YouTube, um, because I'm able to get that same entertainment, but it's a little more educational and less personal to my life. So that's something that I do when I feel like I want social media, but um, like Instagram and stuff like that becomes too much for me. You know, we haven't talked a lot about YouTube and you're right. That's a very different platform. It's not a social place. When you look at YouTube, where are, what are the things that you're looking for that are things that make you feel better? For me, in times when I'm feeling bad about myself because of Instagram and I go to YouTube, I usually just look for neutral things to watch that interest me, like cooking videos or, um, you know, sewing videos or like random stuff that can kind of take my mind off it and distract me, um, which was kind of mentioned earlier as like a coping mechanism for anxiety to take your mind off of it. So that's the main use that I have for it. Um, I watch videos about philosophers for um like if i'm getting too stressed out over social media and that's really just because philosophy interests me and it's complicated enough that i have to actually think about it while i'm watching it and that helps take my mind off of whatever is stressing me out like because i have to actually think about something else so i never heard anybody mention you know online gaming what are your thoughts about online gaming in the digital space? Is it a healthy thing? Is it a good thing? Um, what do you think? I've never really participated in like video games, um, but I do use phone games quite a bit. I don't know if that's in the same realm, um, but we kind of talked about that earlier, how that's also kind of a nice way with the, um, the painting app. Mm -hmm. It's a nice way to distract yourself and like kind of feel calm um, after something difficult's happened or after you feel like you're having anxiety? Uh, I did used to be part of the online gaming community. Um, I used to play this game called Overwatch and at one point was, um, at one point I had started like joining competitive teams for this and meeting more people in the community and in the, I've noticed that in the general population of online gaming, it is fairly toxic and just annoying and not fun. Like, because it's usually just people that are trying to get a rise out of you and they're trying to be offensive or trying to hurt you. But then um, when I started meeting more people from the professional community and the competitive community since I I had joined a team and since I had been around those people for so long we were all very different from each other but we had this one thing that 
bonded us and it was like a little sort of community that we had so that was a source of support and a, a positive a positive social interaction yes i wouldn't say that the general online gaming community is positive but um there are some upsides well, I know social media is often a tool that, that families use as a way to keep connected to each other. And I can imagine that um, having connections to grandparents, family members, uh, sisters, brothers, other folks like that can sometimes be helpful, but could also be intrusive. I'm wondering if you have any advice for parents. I know every parent who approaches their, their child becoming a teenager has panic attacks about social media Instagram, Snapchat, and all these other things, and they want to follow their kid. And I'm sure that you both have experience with this. What advice would you give to, to parents? Don't follow your kid. I think that if you want to follow your kid, um, that's okay, but maybe don't comment on their posts. Um, it can be, it can come off as a little bit invasive sometimes, but I don't think there's that much harm in just like Possibly, you know, looking at their pictures when they post. Yeah, I'd say the main thing is oftentimes um, kids go to social media because they want, like, an escape from what's stressing them out in the moment. And oftentimes with teenagers, what's stressing them out in the moment is parents. Um, so I think if you are going to follow your kid, then maybe talk to them and see what their boundaries are and what is what's okay for you to do on their page um and don't just don't try to push it because um the reality is they're probably being safe on instagram anyway so there's there's no harm um in just letting them have their own private account so in other words, don't comment on your kids' posts, and uh, your best bet is to just stalk your kid. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. If you want to put it that way. <laughs> I think that overall, just, you know, respect um, if your child wants to, you know, allow you to follow their page or not, um, because that will provide them the best experience on social media. Um, so... Also, don't ask your kid about anything they post. That is always a good rule of thumb. But what I really like is that idea about respect. And that's, I think, the thing that is the biggest takeaway for us today on this episode of Talk To Be Well, where we're talking about digital wellness. And true to that, remember to respect each other and just have fun out there. Thanks very much for joining us today. And thank you, Billy, Maraca, and Kelly, for all of your insight and wisdom. We'll see you next time on Talk To Be Well. Oh,